imagine a world in which PTSD no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people, it is so true. I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to anybody or tell them what I was going through. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't wanna, I, I can't, I don't wanna live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The hospital I went to and the experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I wanted so desperately to be a good mother and get my life back, so I found Life After PTSD and I started driving and listen. I called my boyfriend and said, hello, I've got something you need to listen to. This is Life After PTSD. Well, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, your host, and uh, as always, we've got some great stories to tell on the show today with me, uh, like so many times before, my friends from the great white north, Mr. Alan Kinerva and Miss Tara Kinerva. How's it going? Great. Hey, really good, Jeff. Good to talk to you, man. How are you? It's, uh, it's great. Uh, it's always a great conversation that we're going to have, so I'm, I'm already I'm anticipating good things. You have a guest with you today. And um, I know his name, and that's all I know. I, I feel like you're like this is Jeff's birthday or something. I'm getting a surprise story or or some kind of fun stuff that's uh, that I think is going to happen on the show today. So why don't you tell me what you have? What do you got brewing up there, guys? What are you up to? Hey, Jeff, we've got a bit of a change of, of direction for you today. You know, we've been talking a lot about what's coming up with trauma focused NLP, the three and the ten day course, and today we want to introduce you to a client. Tara, this is one of Tara's client who who had a very severe trauma in his life. And uh, he and Tara have been working together for a couple of weeks now, and we just wanted to bring them on and uh, and for him to tell his story and his experience of of, of going through an NLP process and specifically the trauma focused NLP. And again, it's outside of my wheelhouse in that it's not my client. I worked with this client on specific trauma, but this is a, this will give the listeners a snapshot of what it's like to go through not just a single session intervention on trauma, but, but uh, through a process of healing. And I think that's really, really important for the, for the listeners to get. So, so Jeff, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna hand uh, the microphones over to Tara and to Alex, and I'll let you guys take it away from there. Awesome, well Tara, welcome, and Alex, welcome. Let's talk, what do we got going on here? What is the story, what's happened since? Tara, why don't you take over and uh, you and Alex start having a dialogue sure. for us. So I'll just give you a little, little tiny background to set the stage here. And then I'm going to let Alex do most of the talking and just talk about what he's been going through and is going through. So cool. Alex is um, a client. We've been working together for a couple of weeks, as Al said. And um, Alex had a really severe trauma that happened about 14 years ago. He was in a car accident and it left him in a coma for a couple of months. And um, the result of that has been, you know, obviously a, a great impact on his life. And um, notably, Alex lost his sight. And at the time, he also lost his taste and his smell and had to go through many surgeries. And um, he's going to tell you a little bit about how, how that is today now, 14 days or 14 days, 14 years later. Um, 
But where we're at now, where we've met in his journey, is that Alex has done a whole lot of work. He's worked with people within the medical field, and he's worked with all sorts of people like us who work in sort of, you know, what we call alternative or, or outside the box of um, your traditional medical journey. And so Alex has done a tremendous amount of work and came to me at a point where there was still a lot of trauma, there's still a lot of pain, um, both physical and mental sometimes. And... Um, we're just sort of feeling it out. We're sort of going through this discovery process of what might I be able to do with him to to just, you know, work with him on this, on this healing journey. And part of that was Alan stepped in for a session or two and did the actual trauma work on the accident itself. And so Alex has had some, some changes and some shifts from that. And then we're just going to continue working. So we're actually, you know, we're talking to Alex at a point when we're still very much in the journey and, um, and we're going to keep going after this podcast, but it's, uh, it's such an interesting and compelling and important story that we really wanted to get Alex in to talk a little bit about it. I'm excited to hear it. So Alex, why don't you take it from here and, you know, tell us how this story sort of began. Well, as Tara said, it began, uh, almost four, it'll be 14 years this September, uh, the 14th and just started as a normal day. I was on my way to work. That I'd done that drive thousands of times. Uh, unfortunately, that day wouldn't be just another day. Uh, unbeknownst to me and my family and Laura, uh, I was involved in a catastrophic accident. The irony of the story was that the gentleman that actually caused this accident was on his way to the airport, just like I was that morning. He was a construction worker. Uh, I was employed with an airline as a flight attendant on my way to my job. And um, long story short, I was broadsided, uh, lost control of my car. Uh, car flipped multiple times. I had no airbag. And I was airlifted to a trauma center uh, where I was put into a medically induced coma for, as Tara said, for approximately about a month. Wow. Uh, I woke up. I was in the dark and I didn't know where I was. I thought it was a dream. And all I remember is opening my eyes and hearing my wife talking to who at the time I didn't know was my plastic surgeon. And I was in another consciousness. Uh, again, didn't know where I was. Um, it wasn't until about a week or so later that I was in full conscious state. And came to understand not all, but some of the details of my accident. You know, mainly, as Tara mentioned, you know, loss of my sight being the most profound, my smell, taste. Um, there was injury to the, to the spine, to the back. Uh, there was even talk at the time that they may have to do spinal surgery. Um, but fortunately, because I was uh, medically induced and unable to get out of bed for almost two months, the back had healed on its own. Uh, so at the time, I left with a cervical collar on my neck. Uh, about a month or two after that, that had remained. And here I am. I, uh, as Tara mentioned, uh, about a year after my last surgery, I just said to Laura, we have to start taking control of my my recovery. I mean, Western medicine, as, as great as it is, as limited as we all know. I'm sure your listeners out there can relate to me on some level that uh, there's so many things out there and so many amazing, amazing modalities that, uh, that I would like to share. I'll touch base on a few today because, again, it's a, it's a short podcast and I can go on for quite a while, but... You know, when, when you're in a position where, you know, Western medicine is very limited, you have to, 
you know, go up and above and beyond and, and search and, and, and try and find these things. So that's what we did. And as Tara mentioned, you know, one of the things, one of the major things obviously was my loss of smell and taste. Uh, and that was probably from the impact, the facial impact I had taken. And just to clarify too, with, uh, with, the, with the accent, and again, uh, I'm not trying to be vague, I'm just dealing with the traumas. Uh, I'm sure you guys can all understand was more than enough for me at the time and still is to this day. I didn't really need to be concerned about every detail of the accident. But basically, a doctor had told Laura that as horrific as the accident was, that I had taken the brunt of the impact to my face. Basically, my, my face was completely crushed. My jaw was dislocated, severed in three spots. I know that Laura told me that when the plastic surgeon had shown up what he had to work with, she almost uh, fainted. Um, it's a miracle what he did, truly. Uh, how he reconstructed my face after it was shattered into so many pieces is profound. Mm. Um, but uh, having said that, that's what the, the doctor had said to Laura, that had I taken that impact fully on my skull, um, I probably would have died instantly or I had no memory, which is, which is amazing. I mean, the only thing I don't remember is the day of the of leaving the house. I remember the night before, and uh, I have no memory of the day uh, of the accident at all, even to this day. I I know that I didn't see it coming, um, obviously, but even if I had, I don't think there could have been anything to to avert what had happened that day. It was just so fast, and you have to understand you're you're traveling at a velocity of 120 miles an hour, and uh, I mean, who could really you know have changed the course of events that day? But uh, having said that. The frontal, the, front, the frontal impact, uh, they, they at the time, again, doctors are brilliant in, in taking away a patient's hope. And, and this is the one thing I want to leave. Uh, I think this is the most important message I can say to all your listeners today. Please never give up on yourself and find the fight inside. Um, we all have it. And I just, I just refused to believe what the doctors had told me that day. I, I you know, and had I believed what they had said, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I just couldn't believe that my smell and taste was an improbability, nor my sight, nor anything else that they had said would never happen. Most of it has happened. 90% of it has happened. Mm. And through the work Laura and I did and, and uh, my beautiful wife finding me, all these amazing people, I worked with an amazing naturopath at the time and uh, an amazing acupuncturist. And I truly believe that those are the things that got me and my smell and taste back. It was a slow process. It took about three years to get it from absolutely nothing to, to perfect. Um, like for example, I could smell coffee, but I, I couldn't taste coffee. Um, and the neuropath at the time was just amazed. Uh, he just said that, Alex, you know, you're just, uh, you're the reason why I do what I do. Um, the, the pathway for, for smell had, had, had uh, regenerated, but the one for taste had yet to go in. So it was a, it was a long frustrating process. And there were times when it, again, like my sight, it would, the smell would come in, the taste would be in, and then it would go. And then it would, it would leave me angry and Laura would always say, Alex, you know, I believe in you, it's going to come. And she was right. It all came back. And um, and this work that I'm doing with Alan and Tara, again, these are two amazing people that are doing amazing work. And uh, there is definitely a need for this work. And uh, I'm just I'm very blessed that I, you know, I found them and, and they're going to help me complete this journey. Hey, Alex, if I could jump in there for a second. Um, first of all, how long have you and, and Laura been together? Uh, we, we were dating three years prior and... Uh, we had just been married a year and, and two days after this accident occurred. Wow. My uh, goodness. Can, do you mind if I ask how, how old you guys are? Uh, I was 34 at the time. Uh, wow. and I'm, I'm 48 years oh, old now. Wow. Just give your wife a high five for me. 
at some point. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I she's just a, she's a home run and I know that you know that and everything. And this is, I mean, this is the stuff that marriage is made of right here, you know? So uh, amazing, amazing job, Laura, if you're listening out there, you did an amazing job getting this guy, you know, helping this guy to, I always say that, that women have a super wives have a superhero power. I mean, of, uh, there's many actually, but one of those is the power of their voice. And I think that sisters have that with brothers and moms have that with sons and everything. Mm-hmm. But, but beyond that superpower voice and everything like, you know, that voice has the power to, um, to make her man become everything he could be. And she's gone just so above and beyond that. And it's, uh, it's a privilege to hear your story. So I want to go further with that. How, how did you connect? How did you find Alan and, and, and Tara? Is this a phone book kind of thing or did you have a recommendation? <laughs> I mean, where, where did that connection get made? Help happens in the strangest of ways. Sure. It does. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my hairdresser of all, of all people. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> No. Can, I, can I jump in here for a sec? Sure. It was actually really neat. I had a, um, my, my own hairdresser had been hearing me talk for a couple of years and finally got, got to the point where she said, okay, enough, I got to do this. <laughs> I got to do this breakthrough stuff with you. <laughs> and so I, you know, happily worked with her and, and she had such a cool experience. She sent me her mother and I did some work with her mother that was really extraordinary. A woman who was really stuck in her life and we, we were able to move her to a place where she's living a life she never dreamed of now. Yeah. And there's another woman who who shared space with my own hairdresser. And she was just kind of, you know, noticing and witnessing and observing what was happening. And I didn't actually know her, but she um, she grew up uh, with a, a really, really difficult um, background as well. She was in a country where there was a lot of, of war and stuff. So she had come into a place where she wanted to work on her own stuff. And she called me one day and said, listen, I just am compelled to work with you. So I started working with this this other woman in there, and as we spoke, I heard a lot of her story, and she actually has a sister who lost her sight, and as we talked about that, we actually, you know, she mentioned Alex. I didn't know, of course, who he was at the time, but we talked a little bit about the impact of these things and, you know, how people move through trauma and how just how difficult it is to understand experiences that you haven't had yourself, right? Yeah. And that yeah. was the connection. So then she asked me, she said, you know, would you, do you think it might be helpful. Could I mention you to, you know, to my friends, Laura and Alex? <laughs> to which you responded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Duh. That's kind of the point, right? <laughs> I love well-meaning friends. I, I yeah. just, I, I love that. That's amazing, man. So, so cool. I'm thinking about this. I feel jealous. Cause I'm like, what does my hairdresser tell me? You know, like, uh, I didn't get a horse racing tip probably cause I don't have a hairdresser, but anyway, that's that, um, <laughs> amazing stuff. All right. So, um, so Alex, you've, you've only been working. It hadn't been that long since you guys connected, right? No. And so what is, uh, you know, you come in, what was sort of your state of mind as you came in, you know, maybe the first time and working with Alan and Tara? My first reaction when, when my hairdresser mentioned it was uh, another therapy, uh, yeah. you know, you just get to a point where you just get therapied out. So I put on the back burner for a little bit of time because I was doing yet another therapy at the time. But then I, I don't know, I just, uh, Laura reached out to Tara and then Tara called Laura back. And then I reached out to Tara and, uh, a couple of days went by and just something inside of me, usually I just say at that point, oh, well, it's not meant to be, but just there was something inside of me that said, call Tara again. Unfortunately, I got her on the phone and uh, we scheduled an appointment and here we are. Amazing. So first session ends and what are you feeling when you walk out on day one? I just remember giving Alan a big hug and I just said to Alan, you know, this is how miracles start, bro. And he said, exactly. And you know how Alan had briefly mentioned how people hit a wall. And that's what I found what was happening with me is that, you know, we were doing all these amazing therapies and yeah, yeah. it's like, worse, you know, you expect so much and then you, it's like, you know, you're waiting for the next, the next, 
next, the next, the next. And like Alan said, it's just, it's a common thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that, this whole thing has been a journey. It's been enlightening. It's been an eye-waking experience, profound. Yeah. But, but I'm happy that the brain has the capacity to do this work, right? I mean, we all know what the medical doctors will say. They pat you on the shoulder and the best of luck and offer no hope where this, this is like not just hope, but profound yeah. to be able to help people to get, get rid of this stuff that we don't need to be carrying. Alex, I got to tell you, I was, uh, as you were just talking there for a second, I just jotted down that line that you, you said, this is how miracles start right there. I think that may be a, that may be a tagline or something or an alternate tagline that we start using with this show, because I'll tell you what, man, that's just, (laughs) you know, (laughs) five words that are, that are quite powerful. I'll have to give you credit on that one for sure. Um, tell me, tell me this as you are, you know, as your continued journey, what were some of the symptoms specifically like the trauma specific symptoms you know prior we know about all of the physiological things that you were going with but were you dealing with with the nightmares the flashbacks i mean what was the kind of story for you that you were dealing with that just kind of you you needed to break free of well i think just just uh the trauma the accident too i mean i've done so many therapies that touch base on it again but did they work 100 percent? no so i mean with this it's just like Alan had said, you not only did I have trauma from my accident, but trauma from therapy, right? Yeah. I mean, trauma yeah. from therapy, I mean, that in itself is profound. Do you mind if I, Jeff, I just want to point out here, when we started doing the actual trauma protocol um, with Alex, and I brought Alan in because I knew it was such a, an extreme trauma that I wanted to have the support in the room, so we were both there. Sure. And um, it was really interesting because when we started the process, and some of your listeners may know and, and some may not, but this is a, a really short process. This is something we do in sort of, you know, 15, 20 minutes when we actually go in and do the, the work, the neurological work. And when we started the process with Alex, he had a, a pretty um, a pretty strong reaction uh, wanting to get away from it. He, he wasn't really wanting to, it sort of took him and us by shock that uh, the process of doing it. And what was amazing was that Alan immediately tapped into, we weren't actually dealing with the trauma yet. What was happening was Alex has done so much therapy and Al jumped right in and said, listen, Alex, you're safe. You've obviously been traumatized by some of the therapies you're doing. And Al was able to connect with him and his hand on his shoulder and got Alex safe again. And to recognize that this reaction, this fear, this terror really that Alex was experiencing was about the reaction to the therapy and not actually yet to the trauma itself. And wow. when we got through that, Alan, I mean, masterfully, Alan was able to really, really stay present in a way that's, that's, you know, uniquely Alan can do and then move him through that. And then we got right, Alex, then we got to sit mm-hmm. down and actually do, you know, the, the VK dissociation and, and doing the, the trauma work, which went beautifully then. And, and the relaxation as I watched, you know, I got to witness this, um, and watched as Alex went from a, a really sort of hyper state of, you know, um, hyper awareness almost into by the end, by after we had done the <clears throat> the protocol into a deeply, deeply relaxed state where the, in those moments in that sort of 10 or 15 minutes, there was all, I would say, you know, I think your words where you felt at peace finally by the end mm-hmm. of that, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Tar, I got. I got to just jump in here for a second. Al- Alex, you may be aware that we, we kind of have this running um, theme. I, I would say on this show where we talk about the many faces of PTSD, and I literally every time we talk about a new one. In fact, it, it's amazing. Tar, you and I were just we were on an episode the other night talking about one that I, I I said to you, "Wow, that's that's yet another one that I hadn't considered." But yeah. the trauma of therapy. 
Yeah. There's a face for you. You know, it seems like an oxymoron, but perfectly understandable, especially Mm -hmm. when those therapies are not working. You're losing hope. You're, you know, having the the, sort of the rise and fall of expectations and then they're let down yet again. Or, you know, the cases of those who who do the things like exposure therapy and they're getting re-traumatized, you know, all of those different angles. And it's unbelievable. Alex, you know, if, if you you may not even remember all of these, there may have been so many. Do you remember some of the types of therapy that were used in the past that were, you know, among those that you would say were the, 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 the traumatizing ones? I just want to make a point. I mentioned this to Tara too, and I think she agreed that there's a lot of this stuff today where people, you know, light beings and, and, um, you know, I come from love and light. And I talked to, to Tara, and if you're a therapist, I think it's important to hear. Uh, and, uh, and again, I'm speaking from experience, not, and I think if you're going to do work on anybody and I don't care if it's massage or Reiki or, or anything, you have to come from a place, not of ego, but of, of, of self. And just, you know, being in the right state of mind, I think Laura was witness to this time and time again, is that you know, all these people saw two beautiful people wanted desperately to help us, which is fine. But, you know, I had a lot of rage, and rightly so. And let me just quickly touch, but I don't want to get too off topic, but rage. Yeah. You know, this is something I've struggled with even prior to my accident. Rage was something that was a fighting force to get me through the worst of the crap. You know, it was the extreme fight or flight response, and it just kept pushing me. You know, at the same time, it's destructive. And unfortunately, Nora was, you know, the brunt of a lot of my destructive rage. And, you know, like kudos to her for for still being here because she had many opportunities to leave and say, it's not worth it. She really showed me what love is. And I'm blessed to have her by my side. But if you're going to be doing this kind of work, you know, you can't come from a place of ego. You know, it just has to come from your heart because that's the only place where healing comes from. So I just, I just think that's the point. And I think that's where a lot of the trauma came from too, is that, you know, these people came into our home, they came into our life, they wanted so desperately to make change. And when the change didn't come, you know, again, they just constantly, well, he's too angry and I can't help him. Oh. So I think this is where a lot of the trauma comes from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like a lack of empathy or something essentially is what I'm yes. hearing on your... Yeah. 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 You know, it's, uh, I, Alex, I love, cause you have the credibility more than anyone to be able to speak to that and to say to people out there. And I know that you mean it in the best spirit, you know, to say, and this is true of any profession, you know, but we, we, you know, in the medical community, we, we talk about maybe a doctor that doesn't have the best bedside manner and everything. We've all had those experiences, but whatever the profession is, you know, do it because you're doing it for the right reasons, right. And be helping people as, is what I'm hearing you, you know, you say, admit when you're wrong on things, have the humility to, um, to actually listen to someone's story and not put your expertise and your, you know, assumed knowledge over uh, what they're telling you and, and uh, be gentle in the process. I mean, I, am, I, uh, am I on the right track with that encouragement? Would no, you add exactly. anything to that? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No, that's true. I mean, we all have baggage. We all have issues. And having said that, I'm no better than anybody else. Sure. And I don't proclaim to be any better than anybody else. All I'm asking is that if you're going to do this kind of work, it is so imperative, so imperative not to go through ego, not to work through ego. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I think that, you know, what Alex said about so many people were, were struggling to get through his, you know, to do their work through the anger that, that Alex had. And I think the recognition of how much courage it takes to do this, right? I mean, sure. Alex is, is mad, but he's, you know, hurt, you know, and I think that that's one of those things is to recognize that there is such a tremendous amount of courage required by people who are willing to stick this out, right, and do this work. And and I know Alex is doing the work for himself, but also for Laura. And um, that's one of the things that I think often gets overlooked is, uh, you know, we have an incredible set of tools here, the stuff that Al and I work with. And so we've mentioned a few times now, you know, he did the, the trauma work with Al and then we've decided to to sort of have Alex do 
the rest of the journey because there's still so much healing, right? There's been been relief for Alex as far as the actual PTSD of the accident, of sure, course. Sure. And now there's this whole element of, okay, well, well, what about the rest of the healing? And through that, we're still bumping up against the anger all the time, right? But we have a capacity. I have, I have skills and Alex has the courage and the willingness and the openness to just take a big deep breath and say, okay, you know, and um, that hopefully will be the key to moving through this and um and sticking to it right and see where we get to it's amazing. See where he gets to. amazing mm-hmm. well guys let's take a break for a second here um i have so many more questions i mean <laughs> this you, you might have to kind of rein me in a little bit actually alex and uh and we'll, we'll get there so if you're out there listening and you are intrigued already stay tuned we got better things to come and uh sit tight we'll be back after the break Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. So I want to welcome everybody back from the break, back to life after PTSD. And we are just having an amazing conversation with Tara Kinerva of in Ontario and also Alex, her client. And Alex, you um, are just doing a masterful job of telling your story. I'm so appreciative to th- that, what you're talking about. I, I think a, a good direction right now uh, would be to just talk about this idea. What does someone do when they're basically told, maybe not in so many words, like there's no reason for you to have hope. Like here's your new normal and this is what it is. And there's not, you know, we thrive as human beings. We thrive on hope and possibility. And I, I think that's just in the human spirit. And that's what keeps us going so many times. So when you have people all around you who are sort of diminishing that and robbing from that, like, what do we do with that? So I want you guys to just, you know, address that one for me, because I think that that's been a part of your story or it was a part of your story anyways, Alex. I was always headstrong, alpha male, always had to be in charge, never took no. And again, when the doctors would say these things to me, there was just an inner voice saying, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. And had I chosen to listen to those words, I I wouldn't have been here talking to you guys right now. And I I don't believe so on the taste of the came back, had I believed in what they had said. It just, again, there's so many amazing modalities out there. I mean, you would ask me briefly, what, what have I done? I mean, there's so many, Jeff and audience, but I can, I can name a few right now, uh, homeopathy, uh, naturopathic, acupuncture, Reiki is an amazing modality, uh, cranial sacral therapy, amazing modality, massage, definitely, reflexology, amazing. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and having said this, guys, what I, I said this to Tara too, and what, what I'm trying to manifest not only completion of my book, uh, which is hopefully will be this year, but what I would like to be a part of is a center where all these amazing modalities are a one-stop shop that people can go and get all these amazing therapies or having to, to drive all over the world, having to go here, there and everywhere where it could just be a one-stop shop. That's something I'm trying to manifest. I would love to see it. And I think it'd be amazing that people that are going through this and we all know that accidents happen every day and somebody's being told every day there's no hope and uh, that's wrong. 
Yeah, I think, Jeff, that the idea for, for us, you know, we use NLP and we have such success with timeline therapy and NLP and um, hypnosis even is something that um, that we use sometimes. And we really notice that when somebody starts to work on themselves as a whole, right? I mean, there is the mind, there is the body, there is the soul, there is the, you know, whatever, whatever other ways that people sort of identify as being a whole being. I find that when people start working in all sorts of different ways, right, there's so much more benefit when you take it on in this holistic way. And I think it's so important to know that like whoever you're guiding, whatever it is, whatever it is that resonates, but it's that thing that's bigger than us, right? It's, it's that power that we can identify that has so much strength and allows us to continue to have hope. That's the stuff that we find our most successful clients, the people and ourselves, right? I mean, Al and I go through our own stuff. It's in, it's in connecting with that and, and then recognizing that all the advances that we have, all that we know about how you can change the neurology and you can actually experience something different. I always give the analogy always to my clients about, you know, if you were to, um, say you had a, a, a jean jacket that was a blue jean jacket and you saw that jacket a thousand, a thousand times, you know, maybe a million times in your life. You had it for years and years and years and years. And every time you had it, you'd see it as blue, right? I mean, because that's what it was. But if all of a sudden, you know, you dropped that jacket into a bucket of bleach and when you take it out, it's now a white jean jacket, your brain would immediately see it that way. It, it wouldn't have to, you know, practice. It wouldn't have to figure it out. It wouldn't have to work at it, right? It wouldn't matter that you'd seen that jacket as blue a million times before. When the filter is changed, when the filter of light is changed, it now is a white jacket and your brain can do it instantly, right? Instantly it can do it because it's a different filter it's looking through and it's going to accept that immediately. And that's what we do with the brain when we deal with trauma is that the brain has been experiencing it a certain way, right? It's been looking at it. And I don't care if you've been looking at it for, for you know, 50 years or five days. When you change the filter that your brain and your body and your mind and everything else looks through that experience with, your brain will change it in an instant. It will do that for you because it's just the filter that it sees it through. And that's when we have people who experience something that may have been, for them, the meaning of it was that it was horrific. And instead, it ends up being something that holds so much different meaning, right? It means that there is hope and they see the strength and the resilience that they have and the lessons they learned and everything else. And I think that's, that's you know, Alex exemplifies how to persevere and, and really, really believe in that capacity to change sure. your actual experience. Hey, Tara, so you shared before about one of the things that Alan did that was just masterful on the front end of working with Alex was clearing the trauma from other therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, without violating confidence or anything like that, just, I, I would love to hear maybe like the snapshot view of what you guys have been doing with him as a whole. Like what, what's been your plan with him? What are, what are you doing and why is it working? So, so initially we did, um, we did timeline therapy. We, we cleared stuff on the timeline. So we, you know, started clearing anger and sadness and hurt and guilt and fear. And we did that using the timeline. And Alex was able to go into like every other human being, you know, we ended up back in childhood and where the pain always starts, right? You know, ill-intended or or not ill-intended, this stuff happens to us. And so, you know, we were able to go back and Alex has had lots of experiences now going back into his childhood where a lot of these emotions began, right? So we were able to clear a lot of that stuff. Um, We decided that 
earlier than we would for some other clients. We, we wanted to deal with the trauma because some of the negative emotions were difficult to clear because the trauma was getting in the way. There was just so much, you know, uh, of the stuff associated with the trauma. So then we went in and did the actual protocol, cleared the trauma on the event. And then after that, we've gone back now to, you know, core transformation, finding the higher purpose of all of these emotions, making sure that he's not getting stuck in the emotion, but actually following it through. So I do something called the core transformation where we keep saying for what purpose, for what purpose, for what purpose, because the, 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 um, the highest intention is always a positive one. And so we've been doing a lot of that work just to move, just to create that, um, to get out of the dwelling. Right. And we've been doing a whole lot of reframing. Like we're not allowed to talk about the past anymore because the past is the past. So, you know, Alex would tell me about, you know, the stuff that he loved doing in the past and who he was in the past. And, and I sort of keep saying at this point, okay, forget about saying, you know, I was such an amazing, you know, um, you know, husband or, or my, my friends all love me and put that in the future now, right? We're not talking about the guy in the past. We're talking about the guy in the future, the guy in the present and the guy in the future. So we've done a lot of, uh, NLP work, submodality work to actually create the images of everything being out in the future, because the past is just where all the learning comes from. Right. Sure. And so that's a huge part of what we're, what we're doing right now is just getting the brain to reorient, let go of all that stuff and the intention. And I'm going to let, let, um, Alex explain this, but the intention is to get them fully healed, you know, fully healed mind, body, soul out in the future. And so we're creating that compelling image using timeline therapy and, and NLP. That's amazing. So Alex, Alex what's next Alex, for you, man? Yeah, that's, that's what does all this mean for you? That's what, what are you, you know, what are you aiming for next in your life right now? Well, to complete this, this healing, as Tara mentioned, I have no doubt I'm going to see again, just as I had no doubt I would smell and taste again. I have no doubt I'm going to see again. I, I've had moments of sight again, something the doctor said was a complete impossibility. Um, just going back really quick, uh, I did have the opportunity at Sunnybrook to tell one of the doctors uh, face-to-face. Uh, he was one of the doctors that had the misfortune of having to see um, on my many follow-ups after they released me from the hospital. And he was the one that would point to the chart and say, well, you know, Mr. So-and-so, uh, because of this injury, you're never going to smell and taste. And when it all came back, I, I made it known in, in no uncertain terms that, hey, you, remember me and all the BS you told me? Uh, you, know, you take that and you know where you can rub it. And don't ever tell a patient ever again. There's no hope. And my wife said that he had nothing to say. He turned yeah. white as a sheet and, yeah. you know, acknowledged it and, and, and that's it. And that was empowering, guys. This is, this is what I'm saying. You know, this is the term empowerment. When you can talk to a doctor, humble them, make them know that there is more than what they're taught in school, that there is no such thing as no hope. There is no such thing as no hope. There's always hope. Tara, why do you bring me all the quotable people here? I mean, what is the deal? I can't write fast <laughs> enough. There is no such thing as no and hope. Selected. <laughs> Gosh. Oh my goodness. Alex, I'm not one of these guys that runs around just dropping you know quotes left and right, but every once in a while I hear probably like Tara is trained to hear those limiting decisions that people say. And I, you know, I feel yeah. I have some of that training as well, so I hear those. But man, I hear the quotables. There is no such thing as no hope. I love it. That's that's an amazing. Um, Alex, when you when you see again, this is the question. That, um, what are you going to do when you take a look at Laura and she's even more beautiful than you remember? I know. I, this is what keeps me going, guys. Looking at my beautiful wife and, and remembering the beautiful things we had. And yeah. the, like Tara said, the beautiful things that the future has in store for us, getting out there, sharing our story, you know, yeah. and, and Laura, Laura too, sharing her story and what an amazing woman she is and how she can help people. And, you know, the grunge job of being the caregiver, 
the sideline job, you know, and, and I, you know, she's a voice to me reckoned with too. And I, I look forward to the day that I could watch her standing on a stage sharing her story with, with people that have gone through what we're going through. I am, I am beyond honored to be able to get to talk to you, Alex, and to hear your story. And um, let me know this. Is there a way that if somebody's out there listening that they wanted to connect with you, is there a, a way that someone could do that? Right now, I'm not set up for anything. Um, okay. But uh, I, I love the suggestion of maybe a future show or the book uh, was, was accepted uh, by a publisher and uh, I've been keeping in touch with them, ba- touching base periodically and just letting them know that where I'm at with it. And as I said earlier, hopefully this year it'll be out there. And uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just I'm blessed uh, for the opportunity that you gave me today to talk on your show and, and, to, your, and to your listeners. And um, yeah, thank you so much for giving me this, this time to, to discuss this. I, I, I appreciate it. And again, thank you for what you're doing, Jeff. I think it's an amazing thing. And, oh, it's no worries. Hey, man, the honor's all ours. We do the show for you. That I mean, literally, you are, you are the, your story yeah. and the stories like yours yeah. are the reasons that we do. We don't have a show without your story. And, um, so thank you for sharing it. And I, I just, I, for any listeners who are out there, uh, you know, when Alex gets set up to, to, you know, to be followed, to have his story maybe out there on a regular basis in whatever format, and certainly the book, um, we will certainly give updates on that, but you know, you can always connect with us. We want people to connect with us and, uh, certainly with Alan and Tara, if you're in you know, Ontario, but I say that and just so many people, you know, fly up to, to meet them. And I, heck, I mean, Norway, Monica's out there listening for crying out loud that flew in to meet you guys. So it's, you know, we live in a small world after all, don't we? I'm sorry. That's my Orlando uh-huh. connection there. I had, to, I had to drop that one in there for you. Um, but but, uh, you know, inspiredoutcomes.ca, I know is how they find you guys best. And uh, guys, if you're out there and, uh, you know, you're not subscribing to the show, you're missing out because we drop an episode every Monday and we want you to know about them. And uh, more importantly, uh, if this episode resonates with you or you know somebody that needs to hear this, post it somewhere. The only way that the message gets out is uh, when we do this grassroots and people um, share this with those and, and, and not a cold call fashion, but a warm call fashion. They're able to say to a friend, send somebody a text, hey, this is for you. You need to check this out. And I feel like so many people that reach out um, have done that as a result of, of you, the listener, doing your job. And so thanks for helping us make this what it is. Um, Alex, Tara, you guys are amazing. Again, thank you for sharing. And um, I just I'm so ex- Alex, I, I can't wait to hear the day that you're like, man, I'm, I, I opened my eyes and something was different. You know, I'm looking forward to that and hearing that from you, man. So you make sure that somehow that message gets back to me. If it's not on an episode, just in some way or another guys, thanks for listening. Great show. And we'll catch everybody else next week. Thanks. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal. You get to decide with all its possibilities. Once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal. You or those, you know, who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.